Earlier this week, I was making a delivery, like I do to hospitals in the middle of the night, for my day job. I got pulled over by an officer for having a headlight out, because that just happens sometimes. The officer comes up behind me, checks my license, checks my registration. He's taking a look at my hand, and he says, oh man, I really like your ring, because on the thumb of my left hand, I have a bottle cap opener ring. And I thought to myself, this guy thinks I'm drinking. But luckily I wasn't, and he just really enjoyed the ring. So he let me go with a repair order, which I quickly fixed the next day, and then went home and cracked open a homebrew with my ring. Curioso. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. Hi, Joe. I hear a ringing in my ears. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I have a ringing in my throat. Yeah, oh. it's like a couple of frogs in there. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, kids are Petri dishes. Yeah. They're little tiny Petri Dirty, dishes. Dirty, gross Petri dishes. So, in case Slime you, and goo on them. In case you don't recognize my voice, this is Chris over here. <laughs> <laughs> I sound a lot lower register than I normally am. I apologize. But, uh, but that's okay, because we're, we're going to get through this, mm-hmm. and we're going to have an awesome podcast today. Right. Right. Even though it sounds like you've been gargling broken glass instead of walking on it. Well, I... Do do that occasionally. You don't gargle broken glass. You just chew it and eat it. Well, there's no gargling involved. Is there gargling involved? It's a swishing, a little swishing. Swishing, no gargling. Swishing, no real gargling. Swishing and swallowing. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So, all right, Joe, what are we here to talk about? We're going to talk about rings. (laughs) <laughs> Her, why, why was there an H in the beginning of that? I Well, there is. Oh, rings? Yeah. Oh, I feel like there's some etymology coming up. Uh-huh. <laughs> harang. So ring comes from the Old English harang, H-R-I-N-G, which means small circlet, usually used for, back in the day, armor, and can also denote anything circular. Proto-Germanic Haringas means something curved or in a circle. From the Old Norse, haringer. 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 And also from the Old Greek, kirkos or koronos for curved. Hmm. Okay. Curved like time? Yes. Corona, chronos? It's K-O-R-O-N-O-S. Coronos. Mm, they sound like they're very similar. Like well, they might have some, it, it's also some like, rootiness in there. Yeah, like the root word of corona. I wonder if a hurricane comes from the same entomology. It being a circular type of storm that creates a circle of death. <laughs> a circle and, of death. And wind. Yes. You know, an eye, if you will. A circle. Uh-huh. Hurricane. Possibly. Harangicane. cane. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're getting slap slap happy now. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. Um, rings. Rings. What are they good for? Huh. Absolutely nothing. Uh, they're good for your fingers. That's true. I don't uh, know if they're good for your fingers. But well, they, maybe. They, you know, they, they belong in your fingers. And they are in your fingers. I mean, we're primarily going to talk about finger rings. Right. Not 
fingerings. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god, is Lars here? Jeez, Joe. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but finger rings. We right. may touch on toe rings, ear rings, mm-hmm. other kinds of rings. I've got some other rings. Things. Some thing rings. Some thing, thing rings. Thing ring, do your thing. And we're not talking about thing rings, are we? Do well, I, I wanted to mention it. Okay. Do you, do you, uh, you know the thing ring, right? Oh, like, you're talking about the... The, the 19... The sh- no. The stoop ring? No, it was like the 1960s, okay? They did a Fantastic Four filmation oh, no. kind of uh, kind of cartoon, right? Okay. The thing never had a ring in the comic books. It had it's nothing to do with that, time. right? Yeah, so I, this is totally tangent, but I, I had to, I had to talk about that's it. That's fine. But in this filmation cartoon that they did mm. instead of him getting his powers from space right he got his powers from a pair of rings one on each hand that he would smash together and he would say <laughs> thing ring do your thing <laughs> no. and then rocks would fly towards him and i believe he was like a, a little schluppy boy was... too and he turned into the big hulking yeah, the yeah. thing the rock the orange rock monster is this like those those uh, the wonder twins yeah very much like that oh, but it's weird. the marvel version you yeah, know yeah. where he would but he had a ring on each hand. And he would go and smash them together, and he would say, "Thing ring, do your thing," and he would turn into the thing, that's, and then go and stop a train from, you know, crushing a car or whatever. Ridiculous! It really is. Like especially because it's, you know we know the thing. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We've both like read comics when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like the thing doesn't come from a ring. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe thing one and thing two, but not the thing. I don't think they come from a ring either. No, they they don't. No, maybe I think they, they come out of the hat. Maybe John Carpenter's thing. No, no, you're totally getting off. <laughs> Some things that rings can symbolize are things like eternity, infinity, wisdom, power, time, honor, love. Pretty much anything you can think of. Makes me think of the Ouroboros. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's the another symbol. In its own tail. But that's another symbol for eternity. Right. And, or infinity. And, in a ring. Right. Right. So anything that you have a meaning for can probably be assigned to a ring. Mm-hmm. Rings throughout time have been made from everything from metals, plastics, stone. Oh, plastics. Like an explosive, explosive ring? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Stand back. Stone, wood, bone. I've had a bone ring. Mm-hmm. Glass and precious gemstones. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to back it up. Hmm. Did you say you had a bone ring? A bo- not a boner ring. <laughs> is, is Lars here again? <laughs> I know. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. A bone ring. Oh, a ring not a boner. A bone. Got it. Mm-hmm. No, it was a it was a large cow bone mm-hmm. that had been chopped and the insides had been cored out and polished and everything. You mean the marrow? Yes. The marrow was taken out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was all polished and everything and lacquered and it was a little bone ring. That's cool. They polished that bone. <laughs> Yes, thanks, Lars. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> many, many other materials have been used to make rings. If you can make it into the shape of a ring and wear it, it's probably been used to make a ring throughout time. I would time. say so. I, I remember, uh, you know, being a kid and, you know, a few of us, like, I mean, a, a real young kid, you know, mm-hmm. you would pick uh, pieces of grass and oh, yeah. you would tie them around each other. Well, you try to you play know? them first. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and then... You know, or little flowers and stuff like that. And you could make like little rings, very similar to like a daisy chain. Yeah. You know, but you could make little rings out of them and wear them where the flower mm-hmm. was was up top. Yeah. And that sort of thing when, when we were kids. I, I, I just, 
Yeah, we would, uh, we would make all kinds of little things like that. The history of wearing rings can probably be dated back to at least 6,000 years. The Hittites in 1600 BC through about 1178 BC made probably the first signet rings. And we've only actually discovered probably a handful of them. Ba-dum, dum, tsh. All right, Joe. So you mentioned the signet ring. Mm-hmm. All right. So I gotta I gotta pause the podcast right there. Sure. For a second. Talk about signets. And let's talk about signet rings. What are they? Who are they? Where do they go? I'm. Just <laughs> Actually, that is kind of that is kind of right. Yeah. So signet rings having also uh, the same root word as signature. Right. And the reason why a signature and a signet ring would be very similar in, wor- in wording is because the signet ring originally was your signature back in the day. Mm-hmm. Dukes, kings, anyone who had a family who was of high standing mm-hmm. would have a ring either made out of gold or silver or possibly some type of gemstone. Right. They would usually have their coat of arms carved into that ring. Right. Now, in modern day, it's a little bit more likely to have, say, something like your initials mm-hmm. carved into the ring. Mm-hmm. But when they are carved into it, most of the time they're carved backwards. Right. As and a the, relief. As a relief, yes. Think of a stamp. Exactly. And the reason why they're a relief is because originally the signet ring was made to, when you wrote a letter and you sent it off to someone with a messenger. Mm-hmm. With the crows. With the crows, with with the ravens. <laughs> ravens, that's what not, it is. Not, not the Baltimore ravens, no. but, you know, the, the Game of Thrones ravens. Mm-hmm. You would drip some wax on it from your candle, mm-hmm. and then you would take your ring, and you would push it in to the, the softened wax mm-hmm. and pull it out. And when you did, it left your either your initials... Or your your family crest. Right. As a as a signature and a seal. So you knew that the letter wasn't read when that seal was intact. Yeah, because once it was broken, you know that it's been read by someone else. Right. So as you, you push your, your, your signet ring into it, you would have your family crest on there or your initials on there, but they are actually backwards. And the reason why this is is because the mirroring that it does as you press it in and then pull it out, you want to be able, you don't want to be able to read the ring. You want to be able to read the wax as you pull your wing, ring, your wing away, <laughs> your ring away. Right. Now I was, uh, I was reading a cool little article where they were discussing Henry Cavill, the guy that plays the new Superman. Mm-hmm. He was in a, a Cavill, a Cavill, Cavill, mm-hmm. whatever his, whatever his name is. <laughs> Either or. Kal-El. Apparently he was in a movie called uh, A Man From Uncle. Did you see that movie? I didn't see it when it came out. I've seen bits and pieces. I've never watched it all the way through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I, I watched like the older TV show. I've seen oh, yeah, a few I've, of those. I've seen that. Yeah. But I haven't seen the new movie that came out. But Cavill is in it, and he has the 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 pinky ring, signet ring. And mm-hmm. that's usually typically where it is actually worn is on the pinky on, of the left hand. So it's really like the furthest away from any action that you can possibly get. Right. So, you know, especially if you're right-handed. If you're right-handed and you have it on the pinky of your right hand, you're going to mess that thing up, especially if it's made out of gold. Yeah. You're going to goober it up. Smack it into everything. Yeah. So a lot of the time, you know, they are made out of gold a lot of the time, but they're mm-hmm. like a easier harder to, gold if they can. Well, and it's easier to, to manipulate gold because it's a soft metal. Right. Now, typically it is considered a gentleman's ring. Ooh, uh, gentleman's well, ring. Well, that's, that's mostly because of the patri- patriarchy. Yeah, I mean. You know, that we, we've have, been saddled with. 
coat of arms and family crests and some sort of high standing symbol thing. Yeah, and it's the usually beach. goes through the male line. Right. right. Yeah. So, but there are some women that have been wearing. Uh, them as well, mm. um, and there's a few different li- lines of them. I, I was taking a look. They they're actually kind of uh, they, there's like a few different creators who make these specifically now today. Mm-hmm. You know they they're really good craftsmen that put your whole family crest on it. So if you want to nice. wear it, and they're passed down from father to son a lot of the time now. Hmm. So Prince Charles he stacks his with his wet wedding ring, Cavill uh, with his character mm-hmm. uh, from A Man from Uncle wore it on his left pinky. Steve McQueen wore his ever-present gold square ring, signet ring, on the fourth finger of his left hand. Oh, wow. So the, it can be, you know, interchangeable. You well, know. yeah, I think that's personal preference, too. Right. The ancient Egyptians wore a bunch of rings. The Greeks, the Romans, also made and wore tons of rings and jewelry. And almost every culture on this planet has some form or variation of a ring. When I was younger, I went to D.C. with my family, and we went to the Textile Museum, which I thought was going to be super boring. It Sounds wasn't. super boring. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an exhibit uh, for ancient African textiles, like oh, woven mats okay. and things like that. Yeah. I actually picked up from, I guess, the gift shop or whatever, from a little tiny village in Africa. They were selling sort of, uh, you know, local arts and crafts kind of thing to support the museum mm-hmm. and the village. So I picked up this ash wood, wooden ring from Africa. Yeah. And it was like my prized possession for as long as I can remember. I love that kind of stuff when you're a kid. You know, yeah. just like the little things that you get like that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Can, can just mean like the most. Eventually it got smashed. Oh, that's so it was, good. It's a wooden ring. What do yeah. you, you know, let's talk about the parts of a ring. What, oh. makes, what makes a ring a ring? Okay. Now you have a wedding band. I do. And it's a band. It is just a solid ring, no frills, no gills, no nothing, just a uh, solid band, right? Not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to go into it? Sure. Okay, so I do have my wedding ring that I have. It's made out of tungsten. Mm-hmm. That is like that. That is the one that I got married with. But recently, I have been wearing my, my wedding band that is an escape ring. So you can get out of your marriage? No, no. It's uh, <laughs> actually, uh, if you pull it out, inside of it has a shim for oh, that's for getting out of handcuffs. That's I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. inside of it has a shim that's made for getting out of handcuffs. I use it all the time. To get Every out of time handcuffs. I get into handcuffs. When? How often do you get into handcuffs? Usually when Shaggy Wilcox. Uh, oh, well, there you go. It's Shaggy Wilcox. Yeah, it ties me up. Uh, right. You know. But also, it has a, a serrated edge to the side of it so that you can get out of something like riot cuffs hmm. or duct tape or something like that as well. Sure. So, yeah. I, Which is totally practical. Right. Completely practical in case. Shaking uh, head no. <laughs> in case, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get caught up in something, you know, that I sure. can't get out of. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. I mean, come on, man. You know, I, I, I work in Sideshow. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I got to have something just in right, case, you know. Right, Somebody might want the goods. <clears throat> but anyway, that's the wedding band that I'm wearing. So uh, that has nothing to – do you have that on your parts of a ring? Well, that the, would the, – The hidden shim? <laughs> no, there's no hidden shim. Oh, okay. <laughs> but your standard parts of, of an average ring, mm-hmm. if you just have a band, that would just be a, the hoop. The hoop. The – Bezel or the bezel? The bezel. 
is pretty much the, the bezel. <laughs> the bezel. It's Come on, be- man. It's B E Z E L. The bezel. Bezel or bezel? It's the bezel. Is, are we, is this a basil conversation? No, it's the bezel. That's what it's called. It's a bezel. Okay. All right, bezel. <laughs> so it is the area, typically the, the flat surface that something sits on. Okay. The, the, the gem or whatever. Right. You've got the shoulder or the sides, which holds up the bezel. Mm-hmm. And then you have the setting or the mounting, which is typically where the stone gem thing sits on top of the bezel. Right. Okay. Those are your no, standard no things. No, the mounting jokes? Well, you can make mounting jokes with your, your thing ring. <laughs> the International Organization of Standardization, or the ISO, says that they determine ring size in terms of the inner circumference in millimeters. Okay. However, some countries still use their specific individual country sizing for their own purposes. Right. So they don't they don't all So it's not standard worldwide. Right. Some people do, some countries don't. So what do we use here in the US? The ISO standard. Do we really? It's so it's basically millimeters. Yeah. What was that a like imperial imperial measurement at some point? I think at some point, yeah. Probably. Mm -hmm. We probably changed a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of the International Organization of Standardization. Yeah. Is to try to get everybody on the same page. Right. (laughs) You know, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still we're, st- we're still lagging behind on that by yeah. quite a bit. All right, Chris, from the top of the hour, what hand do you wear your bottle cap ring? Oh, uh, my left hand. Left hand. On my left thumb, which on, is why the cop could see it, because that was the arm that was... On the, the steering the, wheel? Yeah. 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 Did you know there, there's a whole world of symbolism mm-hmm. for, for the placement of a ring? Okay. Like where you put it, you know, with your pinky, your middle finger, whatever. Oh, like the language of flowers, but this is like the language of fingers. The language of rings. Right. Okay. On said digits. As a rule, the right hand will tell... (laughs) This this little piggy went, wee, 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 all the way home. Exactly. (laughs) As a rule, the right hand will tell more about the physical side of a man. It is more active, dominant. The left hand is generally regarded as a reflection of the psychological aspect of a person's identity. Okay. This sounds like we're about to get into some palmistry here. Kind of. Yeah. But, I mean, this is more generalizations. In in the annals of history, rings on thumbs were often surprising. Ooh. Uh, yes. The phenomenon is quite common in most parts of the world. Some symbolize wealth or influence if you wear a ring on your thumb. Mm-hmm. There's some symbolism if you have your... Your thumb ring lifted upwards is a gesture of friendliness. Like, are you talking about giving a thumbs up? You're like, hey, buddy. Hey. But, but if you did that in some cultures without the ring on, it might mean something else. Oh, gotcha. Well, I got to say, too, that getting a thumb ring for my size hand mm-hmm. is ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about this bottle cap opener thumb ring is I could not even get like a normal size. Like, it doesn't come in normal sizes. Right. They just right. had like small, medium, large. Yeah. It's, extra. I, this is like a 3X thumb ring. It was like a 14. Yeah, I have no sizes. clue, but it's goddamn huge. Right. <laughs> There's another interesting point that I wanted to make about thumb rings. Since ancient times, men who wore the ring on their thumb were also of the military set of archers. Oh, yeah. really? So they would find leather rings on 
these archers' thumbs. Mm -hmm. And it was just sort of a standard thing that they wore. Maybe it's the, when they pulled back the, the string or something or, or for the, the bolt. I'm not really sure why. Oh, to help with, like, callousing probably. Right. But it also emphasized their courage and ability to outgun the other archers for the opposing armies or, or peoples. Right. Okay. So I just thought it was neat. Yeah, that is kind of neat. Yeah. It's the weird symbol. A leather, a leather ring. Yeah. I think that would get a little sweaty underneath. <laughs> sweaty rings. Yeah. That, uh, that leather thumb ring is going to smell like vinegar by the end of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some rings that we see in probably an everyday basis or that we've probably seen in our lives. Things like mood rings, mm -hmm. friendship rings, birthstone rings, doctoral rings. What? Doctoral? Mm -hmm. As in being a doctor? Yeah. Like a Hippocratic oath ring, something like that? Yeah. In the Danish and Swedish culture, the person who gets their doctoral degree, they get a doctoral ring. Okay. In America, priests and other theological doctorates, they get an ecclesiastic ring. Mm-hmm. For being very ecclesiastic. Yes. Right. So bishops and higher ranking priests, will you'll see them with like some big giant bling blong, like Mr. T style ring. Right. And that's what that is. Um, I also wanted to mention that I found this uh, this little thing called Order of the Engineer. Oh, right? yeah. It just kind of goes along with yeah, what you're talking engineer about. Engineer rings? I, I didn't know what it was. It was just, you know, in researching, I came across this Order of the Engineer. So it's basically, they take a, an oath very similar to the creed uh, of the, the Hippocratic Oath. Mm -hmm. It's you know generally taken by med medical graduates where uh, upon graduating, you have an ethical code to use your engineering for the good of mankind and the dignity of engineer the engineering profession. It, it started in 1970, uh, June 4th, 1970 at Cleveland State University. And it's, it's not really like a thing where you pay dues or anything like that, like any kind of like you know, Masonic order or anything. It's right, more just... Right. Or Steelworkers Union or something like that. Right, yeah. It's not anything like that. It's really more of just like a kind of something that gets bestowed upon you, mm -hmm. you know, upon graduating. And it is a steel ring that they give you that you wear on your left pinky finger. Right. Well, it or, used I'm, to be iron. I'm sorry, on your right pinky finger. Mm -hmm. uh, you're supposed to wear it on your dominant hand pinky finger. And the reason why they do this is so that they can feel that ring run over the paper as they're writing things down. Right. So that they're always con always considering and thinking about that oath that they took to the order of the engineer. Mm -hmm. So every single piece of paper that they run their hand across, they can feel that ring run across it. I think that's really neat. Use it as a reminder. Mm -hmm. uh, very similar to what people used to do back in the day. And I mean, maybe even now today where they take a little piece of string and tie it around your finger to yeah. remind yourself about something. Yeah. Right. Or take it a little further in Memento when he got tattoos. Right. <laughs> sure. Was that too far of a stretch? Nah. I even heard they were they can be very intricate, carved mm -hmm. in sort of geometric designs. Right. As sort of the, the engineer's designs. But you're talking about Memento? There is a Memento Mori ring. Oh, what's that? Well, you know what Memento Mori is, right? Um, remember the little death? Remember, remember the, death. the Remember the day? The dead. The dead. Yeah. Okay. Right. Ryan, Ryan's got the tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Largely dating back to the 16th and 17th century, the memento rings featured a skull and some kind of inscription. Okay. Typically with memento mori around them. So think of of those the stickers on people's cars in loving memory of someone. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So imagine that, but on a ring. Okay. So it's a way to remember your, your past loved ones. Right. So I want to talk about a few just interesting and weird rings that I found in, in the research. There's one called the Gimel ring. Mm, okay. It's a ring made with two or three hoops that are hinged at the back and are meant to interlock when opened. So imagine two rings that pop open and right. they interlock. And they're popular for betrothed in the 16th and 17th century in Europe. And they're pretty neat looking. There's the Ghirardinetti ring, which is Italian for little garden. Mm, okay. So it, it's I a, like Italian gardens. <laughs> right. Like we're talking about it's the olive, olive garden. Yeah, right. that's olive, olive garden. garden. <laughs> Not that kind of garden. So it's you've probably seen one. It, it's the hoop, and then there's a bunch of little gemstones or things. So there's no specific bezel or, or shoulder. It's all kind of the hoop, and then it just kind of gradually goes into all these little, little twists gemstones. and things. Yeah, it's just really cool looking. There's the awesome, like, super metal finger armor rings. Have you seen those? Remember those back in our goth, oh, goth days? The gothy armored rings? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those are a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> I've <laughs> always are. thought that. Yeah. I, I swear, like, I think, uh, what was it, the... In Bram Stoker's Dracula, whoa, didn't uh, didn't didn't he wear some Gary of those? Oldman? I think had Gary one. Oldman had one of those, yeah. or whatever, and he used it to like scratch mm-hmm. people and lick their blood off of it or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's the cameo, which is very similar to the little necklace that we all know and love, the cameo necklace. Right. So imagine the signet ring, but instead of words or a crest or something, it is a a relief of a, a bust of a, a, a person you know or a family member or a relative or something. In a much smaller size. Right. So it's just, it's a cameo, but it's on a ring. Right. There's, of course, all the sports ball rings, the championship rings, the whatever ball ring. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how to describe them. He's talking about like a Super Bowl ring, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah any kind of sports championship you get a ring for. Yeah, basically. there's, there's yeah. a ton of them. Right. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you also have your, your high school ring, your, mm-hmm. your college graduation ring, stuff like that. The class ring, you mean? Yeah, class yeah. ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Then there's some utility rings that I've found, much like your bottle cap ring. There is the key ring. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. It's a key mounted on the bezel of a ring, used mostly by ancient Romans, both by a, a means of carrying the key to a vault or a chest or something, and also to demonstrate family wealth where they're going to said vault or bank or something to mm-hmm. open a lock. Right. So, uh, I mean, but it doesn't look like our traditional rings, uh, like a key today, right, attached to it? It looks like a skeleton key, like the end of a skeleton key. Oh, my God. It does look exactly ring. like the end of a skeleton. Yeah. But it, it it's not like sticking up. No, no, like it's, a weird. It's a, but it's, it's like forward. Yeah. yeah, it's like it would be going along with your the the length of your finger. Right. You'd have to take the ring off to actually use it as a key. Oh my god! Yeah. Pretty That's, cool, huh? Well, that is kind of neat. There's also things like poison rings. Mm-hmm. Now, poison rings have really big in the '90s. They went along. <laughs> yes, they did. Really big with sundresses and those armor rings on the other big hand. Big blossom hats. <laughs> blossom hats. <laughs> I believe I saw those around a lot when I was wearing flannel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So poison rings, also compartment rings. Despite their name, most of the time they were used to carry perfumes, drugs, 
like Coke or snuff or various other things throughout the Victorian times. Mm-hmm. So think of a locket. You know right. what a locket is? Yeah. It would open up. So imagine a locket on a ring. Right. Now, I have I found something uh, where the historian, Pliny the Elder. Oh, from, Pliny the Elder. Uh, from 23 to 79 CE, he recounted a Roman government official escaped torture by taking a bite of poison out of his poison ring. Oh, nice. This he is, was about to be tortured. This is like the dune thing. It's in right. the tooth. The tooth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like poison in the tooth or whatever. Mm. But yeah, it had poison. He had poison in the ring. It was a sh- thin shell at the center for the, for the poison. There okay, was also like a the candy coating or something. Yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, there was also a teenage emperor, Hilo Glombus. Uh, he was feared because of his cruelty and notorious for his debauchery. He wore a poison ring, but was assassinated before he could ingest the contents. Poison rings also played a part in the ending of aristocratic feud between two powerful families in the Middle Ages in the 21st century. Archaeologists in Bulgaria unearthed a bronze ring with a secret compartment. It is theorized that the poison in the ring may have been used by Dolsbritia, the ruler of Desbate of Dobrugia, against an influential family in the Caltria Fortress. Ooh, that was uh, that was rough to get through there. That buddy. was a mouthful. That was some stuff that I cannot uh, really say. But I mean, they've been around for a long time. Is mm-hmm. really the point, right? You know, and sometimes used as a pillbox or a compartment or locket for lots of different things. Anything. Yeah, they don't necessarily have to be used for nefarious purposes or True. suicide rings. <laughs> right. There's things like the promise ring, the purity ring, the puzzle ring, which my mom actually has one of those. They're oh, really, really? What's neat. That? It is basically, it looks like a whole ring, uh-huh. but it will actually come apart into, I think hers is like five different little rings. Oh, right. And they, they interlock together and it's sort of like this woven, it looks like a woven ring right, on top. Right, yeah. But that's a puzzle ring. Right, because when you pull it off, it breaks into all five pieces mm-hmm. and you have to put it on the right way in order to have all five sit properly. Right. Because of the way the little bezels go and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. There are things like cocktail rings, which are typically giant oversized rings for, for women. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like from like the 60s mod yeah. kind of era, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's like a postmodernism. goofball. It's like a, a goofy tie or a, a bow tie for a guy. Right, you know? yeah. It's yeah. one of those things. Mm-hmm. I actually gave my lovely lady, this gigantic, ridiculous, like, black stone cocktail ring. It's like, like costume month. jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's you know, it's you dress oversized. up for the night, you go up, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Go- it's goofball. Yeah. There are things like the Irish clada ring. Right. Which we've probably all seen one, may not know where it comes from. Right, your your, your traditional clada ring, you're, you're going to see is it looks like it looks like a normal ring but it's two hands mm-hmm. on either side of a heart with a crown on the top. Right. And it's typically seen as a friendship, courtship or an engagement ring. Yeah, and the story comes from Ireland and there's lots of different legends here but the one tale is about Margaret Joyce, a woman of the Joyce clan. She married a Spanish merchant named Domingo de Rona. She went with him to Spain, but he died and left her a large sum of money. Mummies? No, not mummies. A large sum of mummies. Yeah. She returned to Ireland and in 1596 married Oliver Ogenfetch, the mayor of Galway. Hmm. With the money she inherited from her first marriage, she funded the constructions of bridges in Conachat, all of this out of charity. So one day, an eagle 
dropped the Kladenda ring in her lap as a reward. So traditionally, the ring is worn on the right hand with the heart facing outwards and away from the body. This indicates that the person wearing the ring is not in any serious relationship and may in fact be single and looking for a relationship. It shows that their heart is open. When worn on the right hand, but with the heart facing inward towards the body, this indicates the person wearing the ring is in a relationship or that someone has captured their heart. So it's kind of like a way for you to, to, you know, you know, it's like a dating card. Exactly. Right? Like a dance card. I'm available. Yeah. To show right. people that you're available or you're not <laughs> available. So That's funny. You know, there's there's like. It'd be a really cool way for people to, to meet it, you know, at the bar. You know y- what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. But there's, it's ridiculous how many rings throughout time are being used for, for those purposes. There's one called a posy ring, uh-huh. which was a ring with typically some kind of like inscription on the outer surface, uh, commonly used as an engagement or a wedding ring or okay. a, a promise ring. There's one called the pre-engagement ring. Hmm. Yeah. So you have to buy three different rings, a pre-engagement, an engagement, and an actual wedding ring. Maybe. Yeah. If you get through all three. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm not, I, I definitely didn't buy anybody a pre-engagement ring, but I can understand that the point is, is that you know, when you set an engagement, okay, that uh, means a lot of people really consider that you plan on getting married within the year. Right. You know, and you don't want to be like Pam from The Office and have like a five-year long engagement. Sure. You know, it really gets under people's skin. Yeah, that if that's happens. what you're into, yeah. So if you're really young, if you're like 17 years old, you don't want to buy someone an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could understand you getting them a pre-engagement ring. But, you know, if you're in your 30s and you're buying someone a pre-engagement ring... Forget it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, just go to the little coin thing. Get one of those little plastic lucite those rings. giant plastic rings. Yeah, right. dude. Yeah. That would mm-hmm. be awesome. Yeah. Or one of those, uh, the the ring pops. Oh, that, oh, those are tasty. Ring pops. <laughs> the only problem is, is by the time you suck on a ring pop and you get all the way down, your lips are all cut up from the seams on the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And they never You're like, fit. where's my chapstick? And, and they never fit my hands. Oh, no, 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 no. no. The, the seams also cut the insides of your fingers up real bad, Right, too. right. <laughs> there are plenty of religious rings out there. There's one called the rosary ring, mm-hmm. which basically looks like you took 10 of the little beads of a rosary and wrapped them around a ring with a crucifix on top. So I guess you can pray on the go. I'm not... Yeah, that's... I guess... Yeah, I, I don't – I think that would be – I'm looking at the picture that you have, and it is it is seriously like – That's a lot of ring. That's a lot of ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it would push your fingers apart too much. Yeah. There are things like prison rings. Oh, oh my. What do they indicate? <laughs> it's it's nothing like Pruno or, or a shiv. It's actually just a ring that prisoners, typically in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and probably even now – they make some kind of friendship ring, relationship ring, because they're not allowed to have metals and things. Right. So they're typically made out of plastics or paper to, to wear as something a personal style choice for, yeah. for jewelry, but they can't have those things. So they end up making a ring out of whatever they can. Right. Kind of cool. There was a short-lived fashion called watch rings. Oh, like swatch rings? Well, no, they were wa- they were rings with mm-hmm. little tiny watches. Little little teeny tiny watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. I remember seeing a few of those. I bet you could probably get one of those today if you really wanted to. You probably could. Yeah. And they, that, but they had those the like, little stretchy. The tiniest battery. Yeah, they had a little stretchy plastic 
mm-hmm. things on them nowadays. Yeah. There are the Indian toe rings from India, which I remember that being a big fad in the 90s here yeah, in America. I, yeah, I think that was a big fad in the 2000s. Yeah. That's really a big fad any kind of like coastal like tourist town, hmm. you can get fitted for a toe ring. Because if you're walking... <laughs> fitted around, for a toe ring. No, they do. They fit they you for fit a, toe, you for ring. a toe ring. Yeah, and they put that sucker on. And by the time you... <laughs> by the time you leave the beach to head back home for the week, uh, yeah, your toe is turning green. Oof. Not from gangrene, just because just it's, it's made a, out of copper. <laughs> right. That's the funny thing. My mom spent a year and a half in Iraq. Right. For the military. Yeah. And she brought back, oh man, tons and tons of just random jewelry that she bought at little roadside stands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the thing was, over there, she said that a lot of people weren't allowed to have precious metals or precious gems because that was illegal. Mm-hmm. So all of their rings and gems and jewelry and stuff like that they would wear were typically tin, aluminum, very basic metals right. that had yeah. almost no value whatsoever mm-hmm. other than the craftsmanship that you had in what it looked like as a finished product. To make it look like filigree or whatever. Right. And, and I have a whole bunch of them and they're they're amazing, but they're worthless metals and worthless gems. They're usually glass or some look-alike stone. Yeah. But the work that was involved in making them, Mm -hmm. that's what makes them special because they're all unique and crazy and weird. That's one of the things uh, that when I set out to find my wife an engagement ring, I, I went off looking to see what I could find and I didn't get her a big gigantic diamond engagement ring. I found her a ring that had a, a, a few you know, diamond chips in it. It was very pretty, but it had this amazing, beautiful filigree. And it was, uh, I believe it was from the 19, 1930s. Oh, nice. Is what it was dated back to be. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, not a very old ring, but it was it was pretty old. It was pretty fairly antique. And, you know, it had uh, all this beautiful, beautiful filigree in it. And I just, I just had to get it for her. And we cleaned it all up and it looked awesome. And she still hauls it out and wears it every once in a while. Every once in a while. Well, she doesn't like to put it up against her wedding ring because it, it smashes it up. Oh, it smashes gotcha. up the filigree and she has to like push it back out. And it, I'm sure it's going to weaken the silver at that point. You right, know? right. So she doesn't wear it all the time, but she does wear it some of the time. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloth Network at peaksloth.com. Do you want to talk about engagement and wedding rings? Yeah, sure. So the wedding ring. There are several different fingers you can wear it on, two. Some countries wear it on the right, some wear it on the left. Traditionally, in the Jewish wedding ceremony, as a rule, it's worn on the right index finger, and they wear a simple gold ring. Often the bride, after the ceremony, moves the ring to the usual ring finger, but some people might continue to wear it on the index finger. Mm-hmm. Early in Russia, there was also a custom of wearing the wedding ring on the index finger. Found a few websites that, that mentioned the tradition dating back to ancient Egyptians uh, who believed circles were a symbol of eternity. Right. As we said earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wedding couples exchange rings made out of braided reeds. Mm-hmm. Very much like I think of when we were children. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being worn on the left hand. Something about your heart vein or your main vein or something. Yeah. There was an ancient belief where 
the left hand, that ring finger, had a direct connection to the heart. Yeah, the vena amoris. Right. Or the love vein. Mm. But if, it's not where it's located. I'm no, sorry. I'm no, sorry to we tell know, you. But. We know where the main love vein is, <laughs> and it is not there. Nope. So uh, around the second century BC, ancient Romans also believed to have started the tradition of betrothal rings. Betrothal? Betrothal. Is rings. that like an engagement ring? Yeah. Okay. You're betrothed. Yes. Right? Uh, in lieu of giving the bride money or a valuable object. Like a betrothal ring? Yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, but, you know, giving a know. ring instead of, you know, instead giving like a dowry. Else. Yeah. Instead of know? 12 cows. Yeah. In a lot of cultures, wearing a, a wedding ring will also add to your life positive emotions and affection, uh, as well as enhancing creativity and the taste for creativity. Wearing a ring on your ring finger may also make you more optimistic. Hmm. Well, it wasn't necessarily always about that being optimistic and, and <laughs> right, Joe, because according to Pliny the Elder, one of the reasons why the ring was given uh, was uh, the bride was given a gold ring to wear during the betrothal ceremony and at a special event, then an iron ring to wear at home, signifying her binding legal agreement to be uh, owned by her husband. This is before prenups, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and this is the second time Pliny the Elder has come up. I, I have to, like, just read some Pliny the Elder. I have to find One of these that. days, we'll have to do a Pliny episode, because that guy was ridiculous. Apparently, he knew all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and most of it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently today, more than 80% of Amer- American brides uh, get a diamond engagement ring. Yeah. Because uh, what, what did Marilyn say? Oh, they're a girl's best friend. Right. But here's the thing, is that diamonds didn't appear on engagement rings until centuries later than Pliny. Oh, yeah. One of the first recorded uses of diamond engagement rings was recorded in 1477. Archduke Maximilian of Australia proposed to Mary Burgundy with a ring set with a thi- with thin, flat pieces of diamonds in the shape of an M for Mary. Oh, sweet. The set was a glamorous precedent for European nobility who added more precious gems to their jewelry. Hmm. And then, of course, in the Middle Ages, uh, the rise of posy ring bands engraved with romantic poems and sayings mm-hmm. were also given. All right, Joe. So as I was looking it up and I was looking for all kinds of like crazy engagement rings, right? Like mm-hmm. what is like one of the craziest like diamond engagement rings that you could possibly find? And, <laughs> and uh, so I want to mention it. Diamonds, like even though like one of the first engagement rings that used diamonds was in 1477, mm-hmm. it really wasn't until like the 1940s where like... It became popular. R- really became popular among right. like... You know, Everybody. Everyone. Right. So everything changed with diamonds. So they were discovered in South Africa in 1880. Cecil Rhodes founded the De Beers Mining Company. Oh, De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. So it was N.W. Ayer and Son. They launched their famous A Diamond is Forever slogan and encouraged men to spend two months salary on, <laughs> of course, the rock and the ring. Right. Uh, and not the Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage film, The Rock. No, no. That I mean, I think a fairly expensive movie, but you know. No, I'm just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, in the 1940s, uh, engagement rings became the leading line of jewelry in most department stores. The average couple spends four thousand dollars on an engagement ring today. Poof. At, well, as of 2012. Poof. So I know, right? That's like very pricey. Yeah. I certainly didn't spend it on mine, and my wife still loves me to this day. Well, and I, I... I think. She tells me it all the time. I mean, if, if if that's how people want to do it, that's cool. 
I think it's more of a, a statement of personality and intent, not monetary right. <laughs> value. Yeah. So, okay. So the craziest diamond engagement ring that I could possibly find, uh-huh. okay? It's worth $68 million. Good. Right. Can you live inside of it? It weighs in at 150 carats. The ring is in... Okay, this is... They called it the world's first diamond ring, okay? Okay. It's made by uh, Swiss luxury jewelers, Shawish. Shawish? S-H-A-W-I-S-H. Shawish. that sound you make when you make a basketball? When you make the basketball hoop? Yeah. So wish. Now, the reason why it's called the world's first diamond ring, it is... It's made out of diamonds. Yeah. The the whole goddamn ring. What? It looks like... And here, I'll show you a picture of it. Is this like the Fortune of Solitude on your finger? There you go. That is crazy. It's it looks like one of those plastic rings it that you get out of the so does. out of the where it's, coin machines. Yeah, like a like it's just either all green or all pink or right. all blue, or, or it has some sort of like plastic flower on the inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like one of those, but it is completely one hundred percent made out of diamonds. So where do you, you why would put you... your finger into a diamond? What then? What happens if you like hit it on the car door? Well, you just lost sixty-eight million dollars. <laughs> Luckily, diamonds are one of the hardest materials known to man. Yeah, but so you can still smash them. You can, you can, because they're brittle. Yeah. So if you like took a hammer to it, you could smash. Well, I mean, them because they're very one brittle. clean clunk to the to the side door well, of a. One of the things, one of the reasons why I started wearing my escape ring is because it's made out of stainless steel Mm -hmm. as opposed to the ring that I used to wear, which was tungsten. Now, my wife and I both got tungsten wedding bands, okay? Mine, I've never broken it, okay? And I literally put my hand in an animal trap and smash it, and we smashed my hand with hammers and stuff, and I've never broken it. But my wife, she sat hers on the counter one day, washed her hands, knocked it off the counter when she was turning to pick it back up. And it's smashed to bits oh, because it's so brittle. Yeah. Tungsten is very hard, but it is brittle and right. it can smash and break. And that's what happened to her. So I got really nervous with mine and I decided to take it off so I could hold on to it and keep mm. it. Because tungsten, you can't put back together like you can with right. like you stainless can't steel. resize it or anything like that. Yeah. Well, stainless yeah, steel, you basically it. just weld it back together. <laughs> right. You know spot, I mean? spot weld it and break out the grinder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you know you could do, basically do the same thing with silver. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. You can you can you know use silver to put it back together. But. Mm. All right, Joe. So here are my favorite kind of rings. Okay. Have you ever heard of giant rings? Not like the giant rings of Saturn or anything like that, but literally giant rings. Are those the ones where you got to put them together? You know, like the, he's like, oh, like the thing like, ring. No, it's three rings and they pull them apart and it's like the magic. Oh no, no, that's the magic, a magic ring. Rings. No, I literally mean giants, like like people that were giants, like Robert Wadlow. Oh, okay. Um, and Al Tamani, mm-hmm. they typically had when they were working with sideshows, mm-hmm. they had rings that they had. Now they would actually take tin or uh, or lead, mm-hmm. and they had these molds made by mold makers. And they would pour their own rings. So they would get stuff like, you know, little, you know, little bits of tin or lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they would pour their own rings. They would have molds. And then they would bring them out to the sideshow and they would use them as pitch cards. Pitch cards oh. are the things like uh, you would think of like a postcard today, mm-hmm. but it would have a picture of the performer on it. And they would sign the back and it would have like a little thing about them. Now, giant rings were literally giant size rings. Like a kid could use it as a bracelet. 
Oh, okay. So, so I have like they would make a, a like a wax cast or a cold cast, right? And then have like a a, a cheaper version so but, people can take home. Yeah, but not like an investment cast, like where it go, completely goes away. They would right. actually have a cast where they could reuse it over and over and okay, over again, like a ceramic cast or something. Yeah, yeah. like a ceramic cast. Now, eventually, uh, you know, they they would have like like flowers would be engraved into it, and yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. if they would use it for a very long period of time it would start to get worn down Mm -hmm. and you could actually see them change throughout time. Hmm. And people have collected these rings because they're one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, however many people have them, you could still find them sometimes at like yard sales and things like that because people don't even know what they have. Mm -hmm. So you would actually have to heat up the metal from 2000 to 3000 degrees and you would actually pour it into the little thing and you know, giants would take them out and there are all kinds of giants that had these. Hmm. So, now, I wanted to mention Robert Wadlow. He was, I don't think he really worked for the sideshow too much, but he did a lot of stuff with Ripley, mm-hmm. Robert Ripley. And they actually sized his his ring finger, and they found out the size of his ring finger would have been a size 25 ring. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. I mean, his hands were big. I mean, literally, I believe I saw like a video of him, and he could hold a full dozen eggs in one hand. Wow. I mean, that's how big Robert Wadlow's hand are. Yeah. Hand was. It was huge. A huge man. I have a, a, a cute little article from a girl named Judy Tamaney Rock, mm-hmm. who was Al Tamaney's daughter. Oh, right on. And she had written all about her father's giant size rings mm-hmm. uh, and put it on a, 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 a nice little website called Sideshow World mm-hmm. that I love very dearly. Considering the fact that I'm talking about Sideshow World, I just wanted to mention we do know that recently Ringling Brothers and Barley and Bailey Circus is uh, is going to be done this year. Right, and, right. you know, maybe just a little moment of silence for Ringling Brothers. Probably one of the most amazing circuses I've ever seen. And we're back. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. You know, your your giant ring. And they would, yeah, they would sell them as, as pitches huh. uh, to, to the kids. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. As a ding, as a little yeah, bit of extra yeah. cash. Of you course. Know? Yeah. Not everybody that even went into the sideshow got one of these. Mm-hmm. You know, you would actually have to go and, and buy them. Every other show or every third show, they'd be like, hey, guys, look what we got back yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and try to try to sell those. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Pretty cool. So uh, since we're talking about the sideshow, a lot of people think that uh, sideshow People are working for the carnival, they're tricksters, they're cons. I don't necessarily think that. I think right. of them as showmen. Right. Because they are working people just like everybody else. Right. But I do associate carny life with the that old adage of there's a sucker born every minute. Yeah, but that wasn't... Okay. That was more for the games. The games of chance and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they are games of chance, but unless you're a really bad operator... You know what I yeah, mean? Or yeah. a really terrible person. <laughs> Most games of chance are just that. Games yeah, of chance. True, and true. you either have to know the trick to mm-hmm. do it or you have to yeah. uh, have the skill. And Not all of the milk jugs are glued down to the table. Yeah, no. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> so, but um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about con men. Okay. Um, because rings are used in a lot of cons, Joe. Hmm. So now I can't tell you the names of the cons, but... I did find a few articles about uh, these con men in England. So in Westminster, and uh, uh, there are these Eastern European gangs that are raking in apparently hundreds of pounds of week a week from tourists uh, going to the the West End, and these fraudulent people are basically 
pulling off a con uh, having to do with rings. So they're picking up these gold rings. Uh-huh. And then they go up to a tourist and they ask them if it's their ring. So if someone who doesn't exactly speak your language as a first language comes up to you and says, is this your ring? Immediately walk away. <laughs> because what they're doing, so they're bringing the ring up to you. It's a way to approach someone to break the ice. And they say, well, I just found it on the ground. I tell you what, I'll sell you it for real cheap. Sell it to you for 20 bucks or whatever it happens to be. Mm. That person gives them 20 bucks and then they take it to the pawn shop to see how much money they can get for it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's not even real gold. It's just a worthless hunk of junk that's like spray painted. And then, you know, they, they just lost out on 20 bucks. Well, if this person, con artist, does this over and over and over throughout the day, mm-hmm. they're spending five cents on each one of these crappy little rings and they're making 20 bucks every single time, they're raking in the dough, buddy. This is like that con we saw on Zombieland mm-hmm. where the, the two girls, the sisters, the one is at the, the gas station and she pretends to drop her ring, her right. engagement ring, and then tells the attendant if he sees it, give her a call. And yeah, a, this is a, a classic scam you're, 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 you're yeah, describing. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then the little sister comes by the next day and, quote unquote, finds, finds a, a ring. ring. Yeah. Yeah, and then she cons the guy out of, I don't remember how much it is. And typically they give them the money out of, out the of because they don't have the money, they give them, them the money out of the till. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, and then they call the phone number that the girl left, the, the you know, the day before mm. or a few hours before. Uh, and he can't get a hold of them, and then he's stuck having, and yeah, no money, so much money out of his till, and a and a fake ring, right? Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, and a crappy fake ring that right. he can't give to anybody <laughs> nice. because he knew the reward was supposed to be twice as much as what he just gave out of the till, right? So he knew he could pay the till back and mm-hmm. then keep an extra hundred bucks for himself or whatever right. happens right. to be. Yeah, classic scam, and that's the whole idea of of a lot of scam artists is is hey. If, if they're a bad person and they're going to take that money out of the till, that's not my fault. Right? <laughs> right. You know, you, you, what do they say? You, 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 you can't scam a good person right. is, is a lot of what con artists go off of. So one of my favorite things about con artists is uh, what typically do you associate with a con artist? Right, um, card games, shell games, maybe a fedora. Yeah, slick, sort of shiny. They look like Nicolas Cage and Snake Eyes kind right. of thing. You ever see anything on their fingers? Rings, yeah, right? Yeah, like but, a ring. But or, where is it? Right. Typically, like pinky or something. Always on the pinky. Yeah. Right. So typically, con artists are known to have that gaudy, gaudy pinky ring, right? <laughs> okay. Something with a few diamonds on it, some nice jewelry, definitely a good 14-karat gold, something like that. Actually worth money. Actually worth money. Right. And they take it and they spin it a lot on their on their finger mm-hmm. as they're, you know, talking to you, you know what I mean? Keep you distracted, that sort of thing, right? Right, right. Well, now, I couldn't find this anywhere online, okay? However, I did hear this. From a man named Todd Robbins, mm-hmm. the man who taught me how to eat fire, mm-hmm. how to swallow swords, the how to do Todd a lot Robbins. of yeah, yeah, how to do a lot of sideshow stuff. Now Todd Robbins knows a lot about con artists and scam men. Okay, mm-hmm. he had a few books written on it uh, and a few different videos. He told how to do a few different scams and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now the thing that Todd Robbins always said about the pinky ring was that the reason why con gentlemen would have the pinky ring. Uh, was because if they were, say, to die on the road as they're traveling around, mm-hmm. their con men friends were not going to pay for their funerals. Of course not. Absolutely not. No. So if they dropped dead from a heart attack or a gunshot wound. Oh, poor <laughs> Steve. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
they always had their pinky ring and their pinky ring would actually pay for their funeral. Hmm. So their last rites, their last burial, they were able to have that on them at all times. So they were, were not actually buried in like a pauper's grave. So that's their retirement plan. That's their basically. retirement plan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's their, yeah, that's their um, insurance, you yeah, know, yeah. death insurance right there. Wow. You know? All right. So it's about time for some pop culture ring stuff, methinks. Right. I'm down with that. So, Joe, who can you think of in pop culture that wears rings the most significant amount of rings? In pop culture? Uh, the most uh, Mr. T. Oh, 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 yeah. Mr. T definitely had a lot of Treat rings. Treat your mama right. I uh, I tweeted at Mr. T because <laughs> because there's a have you I've shown you that picture when yeah. I was a little boy and like I had like a uh, like a Mr. Uh, T action figure yeah I'm holding Mr. T action figure I tweeted at Mr. T and I was like Mr. T I just want to let you know you've always been my hero and you always will be my hero awesome yeah I haven't heard back he's from like him. shut up fool he didn't even like my tweet <laughs> I don't so tweet I was actually thinking of uh, of uh, someone in Marvel comics okay the Mandarin oh the Mandarin that's the right. Mandarin Known for the Ten Rings. Yeah. Um, in the movies, he was played by Ben Kingsley. Yeah, but he was like an actor, right? Yeah, there's some like weird spoiler stuff I mean, in yeah, there Ben where... Kingsley is quote unquote an actor, but he was playing an actor in playing... The... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So he wasn't actually the real Mandarin. But the real Mandarin in the comic books is, is pretty fearsome. So yeah, the Mandarin, uh, he's the son of one of the wealthiest men in revolutionary mainland China and claimed to be a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. And an English noblewoman. Both parents had died upon the son's birth, and he was raised by his aunt, and he was bitter for not inheriting the family fortune. Basically, what he, you know, he he went out and he actually found this, like, alien spaceship that had crashed. Mm -hmm. It's like, so he kind of went, like, adventuring, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he went to college and stuff, and when he got out of college, like, his family fortune was gone. Like, he didn't right. have any. And his trust fund was all eaten up because of him going to college. So he didn't know what to do. He went on adventuring archaeology. Right. And he wound up finding this ancient craft that had buried itself into the earth many years ago, and he found all this crazy alien technology and found ten rings. And these he uses these ten rings basically to commit crimes, one of his arch nemesis being... Iron Man, mm -hmm. of course, we know from the movie. Right. And each one of these rings do different things. You have the Remaker, worn on the right thumb finger. This shatters and reimagines relationships on a subatomic level. I don't think, like, huh. person, interpersonal human relationships. So this I think is not he a, means like, a pre-post-engagement ring? No, no, no. I think this is, like, literally, like, he can remake, like... A situation? No, no, he can like uh, change lead into gold, that sort of thing. Oh, you know what I gotcha. mean? Like an alchemy kind of ring. Gotcha. His right index finger, the ring, the influence ring, it creates various forces that cause a body to undergo change. On the right middle finger mm -hmm. is the ring spin. It decelerates time around the wearer, appearing at super speed to other people. Hmm. The spectral ring on the right ring finger winds up and warms the air itself and makes him appear ghostly or not at all. So spectral can make him invisible. Hmm. On the right pinky is Nightbringer, creates a malleable darkness. So Nightbringer. Like, like dark powers. Yeah, you yeah, know that's I mean? awesome. On the right pinky, you have Zero. It opens a beam of nothingness from the icy heart of outer space, creating a deafening boom of vacu as the vacuum is filled. Wow. On the left 
ring finger, you have the liar creating a world of illusory fable, impossible to escape and tangible as a dream. On the, the left middle finger, you have lightning. It basically just creates lightning. <laughs> on the right index finger, or in the left index finger, excuse me, you have incandescence. Creates It has the miniature heart of a star, and it scorches the air before it. And on the left thumb, you have the demonic. The irresist- It creates the irresistible urge that propels into the unknown and compulses, uh, compulses people. It creates loyalty or obsession. Weird. So each one of his rings does all kinds of... So he literally has 10 powers. Right, right. One on each finger. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, he's a very formidable foe. Yeah. I don't know. I think he'd be taken down by the one ring. Oh, the one ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, from Tolkien lore. The one ring. Right? I know, I'm not... I'm just... <laughs> I, just, I was just letting you go with it for a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. I was going to say, so, you don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. My precious. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I sound like Golem. <laughs> I know you do. What's Tartos, process? What's Tartos? Of course, yeah, because uh, it was, what, lost in a river, found by Golem, right? Right, right. Uh, When Saruman dropped it. Sauron. His, Sauron. Sar- Sauron. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. Sauron and Saruman. I know. They always confuse me, too. Right. It, why didn't... Why didn't he... <laughs> To change his name to Fred. <laughs> but in Tolkien lore, there were 20 rings in the Lord of the Rings. Nine of the rings were gifted to men. Seven were gifted to the dwarf lords. And three were given to the elf kings. And Sauron had the almighty, powerful, other one ring to rule them all. And that's the inscription on the ring. Right. Yeah. In elvish. In elvish. But if you're not a fan of mages and comic books and wizards and, and that kind of stuff, and you like more of the modern film versions of Rings, there is a movie coming out in the next couple of days when this podcast comes out, which is, I don't know if it is a remake, a sequel, I think it's a sequel, uh, and it's called Rings. It's probably a reboot. It's not a reboot. No? No. I mean, a reimagining? Might, uh, yeah, it a might soft be. reboot, maybe. So I'm talking about the original 1998 Japanese film Ring. The Ring, right? Well, no, the Ringu? original the original Japanese film was called Ring, right? Now, or Ringu if you got the Korean version. But we understand this is a bit of a departure. 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 The the board is departure. <laughs> we understand this is a bit of a departure from. Uh, the, the hand rings that we're discussing, mm-hmm. rings on the hands and the toes and the fingers uh, and that sort of thing. But if you think about it, the ring that, that this symbolizes in the, the, the novel that this is based off of and all of the movies thereafter, the ring basically symbolizes, again, eternity right. from, from the character that dies and that's the last thing they see. Uh, and the, the spirit and the whole thing. If you guys haven't seen the movie or any of the movies or read the novel, like there's a thing with the ghost and, a, and a, a ring and you have to watch it. But it has the same symbolism. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like in all of our research, all of the rings we've talked about, whether you wear them or, or they're, they're for the Olympic rings, they have symbolism. Right. They all mean something. And we thought it'd be fun to talk about the new rings movie that's coming out to sort of coincide with our Rings episode. Mm-hmm. So have you seen any of those movies? I 
I haven't seen Ringu, the original. It's good. Japanese version. It's good. It was probably the 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 first uh, Japanese horror movie that led the way for the other American remakes like The Grudge, Dark Water, Pulse, One Miss Call, all original Asian films, right. Asian horror movies. Dark Water, also another movie tie-in, have really wanted to talk about for a long time. Right. I digress. Right. But no, that's that's a from all of these American remakes, and The Grudge is okay as a remake, as an American remake. Mm-hmm. But Dark Water and The Ring, the those American remakes, they were done so well. Right. And the originals are amazing. Mm-hmm. And usually when American film people get their hands on something that's good, they tend to not make it good. But those two <laughs> those two were actually pretty darn good. So the original was 1998, Japanese horror film The Ring, based on Ring, the novel by Koji Suzuki. Then there was the American remake in 2002, and that had the blonde Australian lady uh, Naomi Watts. Right. Then there was a sequel, The Ring 2, in 2005. Now there is this, I don't know if it's a sequel. I don't know if it's a prequel. Lars and, and Joe will have to tell us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope Joel watches it and lets us know. Yeah, uh, but it is called Rings. So it's very similar to, I, I feel like it's like the alien thing. You know, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3. I mean, parts look decent, but I don't know. But yeah, the the ring in the in the story, it is the last thing this character sees, and it, it sort of symbolizes all of those things that we've talked about earlier: eternity, honor, life and death, life and death, all kind of rolled up into one. Right. So, Chris, as we close, what is or what has been your favorite ring that you've ever owned? Oh man, or memorable, I should say. You know, I I, uh, I don't know. I really, I, I never really. Wore rings until I got into like my 30s, you yeah. know what I mean. And then I started wearing like, like I've got my star ring, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It has it just like just on a big old giant honking star. Yeah, <laughs> like on the bezel, it's just a big old like just literally like a like an old like, 80s cartoon. Now we know star, right. or now you know star, or whatever. Yeah. It's just like one of those on, on there, you know. Yeah, like a signet ring, you know mm. what I mean. Uh, you know, but. I don't know, man. I've talked about all three rings that I wear. That you wear? Yeah, like on a daily basis yeah. all the time. So I mean, I own... Here's the thing is I own a ton of rings. Yeah. I own a Keith Richards signature skull ring that I bought in New York. Oh, my. On a weekend. Rock and roll and never die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I own my great-grandfather's Civilian Conservation Corps ring mm-hmm. when he built the road going from California to Alaska. I own a bunch of weird, interesting Middle East rings that <laughs> haven't turned my hands green yet. Yeah. I still think I own a bone ring laying around somewhere. And I like I like rings. I like rings a lot. I remember making rings out of anything I could find. I had this giant, like, industrial nut mm-hmm. from some machinery that I found. And it fit perfectly on my thumb, but it weighs about five pounds. Well, that's, yeah. That'll really, <laughs> that'll really bring your... Th- Thumbs up to thumbs down. Right, exactly. But, you know, it's, it I, was a... I was making rings for a little while, too, where you you can actually take coins and you can punch them with like a, you know, just a, a regular punch. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a, you know, a good sturdy mandrel, which is 
what you can use to size rings, but you can right. also use like the good he- heavy, you know, steel ones to stretch rings. to stretch them out right. if you need to stretch a ring out. Now mm-hmm. you can't do it too much, maybe a half a size, maybe a size, but if you right. if you stretch it out any more than that, you're probably going to break the ring. Mm-hmm. But uh, coins, uh, specifically ones that are made out of silver, if you get those, you know, there's certain quarters from certain years that you can get that are made out of silver and you can actually take them and stretch them and turn them into wearable rings Mm -hmm. the quarters that you get nowadays you really don't want to they're going to turn your fingers green because they're you know they got a lot of zinc and stuff you know and and a little bit of copper on the inside but Mm -hmm. i think i have a birth year ring that you made me yeah and you, you can wear them you know and you know if you take a uh like a clear fingernail polish and coat the inside, mm-hmm. you know, you can wear them and they're not going to really do a whole lot to your finger. But I, I really enjoy doing that, it, especially if you find uh, some really cool foreign currency. Right. You know, and you can, you can, you know, especially a lot of like really cool German stuff I've mm-hmm. seen, you can take and turn into rings like Deutschmarks and things like that. Right, you know, right. Or whatever they have over there. Yeah. So. And I've, I've made rings. Mm-hmm. I made a ring for, for Darren one time. It was, mm-hmm. it was just a, one of those... Middle East rings. Yeah. Didn't have a stone or anything. Just had a flat bezel with like a little indent. So I guess it had a stone in it at one time or something. Right. And I took an old Gibson like clear guitar knob mm-hmm. and I mounted it into the ring. Right. And Darren was like, what is that? <laughs> so I gave it to Darren. Now yeah. he owns my Gibson guitar ring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I made a costume ring mm-hmm. when I did the Mad Hatter costume. Right. So very similar. It was a basic band, and I mounted a tomato pincushion things where you put your your needles in. Right. Yeah. So I mounted one of those onto the ring. So as I was walking around as the Mad Hatter character, I had this little pincushion mounted to this ring, <laughs> and people were like, "Where'd you get that?" I'm like, "I made it. I made that sucker." <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think both of us. You know, I mean, rings are rings are a thing that we like. Yeah, you know, I think they're, so. They're character. They mean stuff. They're symbolism. Uh, you can make them pretty much out of anything. Right. Separate leather, because then they're just going to smell like old vinegar. <laughs> old vinegar. By, they're going to smell like big vinegar by the end of the day. <laughs> We've talked too about many Lars Joel references. and Lars way too much. Do you miss them? Nah, well, you Do you know, miss them? Yeah. You give them a hug. Uh, we're, hey, we're going to see Lars pretty soon. We're going to oh, be doing true. Burn Supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars and his lady are supposed to be coming over. That's true. Yep. Lars and his lady. And we're going to be drinking lots of whiskey. <laughs> and, and and eating haggis. Yes. For burn supper. We still do that. Yeah. We still actually, Yeah, if you guys don't know that. We still every year since we've done the the burns the the haggis episode. The haggis episode. We we do a a burn supper An every annual, single year. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to try and take a video this year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, with that, I'm I'm ringing the bell and we're calling it. Yeah, we've already rung in the new year. We did that last episode, didn't we? Yeah. So uh so we're done. Yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, give us a ring. (laughs) Good night. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can call our voicemail line, leave us a message, 443-327-9673. On your touchtone phone, that spells Hydasaur. On the Curioso.com website, on the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to 
go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. So the first use of a diamond engagement ring was in 1944, Archduke Maximilian of Australia proposed to Mary Burgundy with a ring set with a thin motherfucker. <laughs> set with a thin motherfucker? It just jumped again. Oh, did it? I literally just X'd out of it. I'm a fucking idiot. Because I was like, I don't need that one anymore. And I, I just, like, I've totally forgot. Talk. Lemon lick, lemon lick. <laughs> lemon lick. Lemon, lemon, lemon. I don't know. I'm just trying to lose a lemon. I was just trying to do, what are they? Voice? Uh, mm. I don't know. Fuck it. Sipowitz. Sipowitz. <laughs> Simbazo. <laughs> lemon lick. <laughs>